0: Are live with another episode of the Brownwater banter podcast i am jared seymour my name is joey cates and we have amber olson on the show today uh to talk about the fourth annual zebra run uh it's for uh to raise awareness for rare diseases we're going to be talking about all of that t- uh this evening it's going to be a really good show but before we jump into that Like we always do, we want to mention our sponsors. Uh, The first one being Southern Magnolia Smiles. It's a locally owned and operated uh, dental office here ran by Dr. Robbie Williams, a good friend of ours. Um, If you're looking for a great local dentist, we'd really appreciate it if you went over there and checked him out. You're not going to be disappointed. They're on all the social platforms at Southern Magnolia Smiles, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Look them up. If you want to check them out on their traditional website, that's southernmagnoliasmiles.com. Give them a call at 228-215-1202. Um, great group of people over there keeping everybody safe during all these COVID times. So uh, go check them out if you need some some dental work done there. And uh, our new sponsor that just came on board is uh, Hilltree Marketing. That's Jesse um, over at Hilltree. He's, uh, they do website and graphic design, social media management, IT services, videography, uh, and aerial cinematography, they have a drone and they do some really cool drone work. They've worked with some, uh, local businesses around here, uh, doing their website management and they're actually going to be doing ours here in the very near future. Yeah. So if you're a small business, um, or you're just for any personal reasons, you have a website that you like overhauled, maybe brought up to speed. Um, they do really, really, really good work. So check them out. Let's see. Do we have a, yeah, just go to hilltreemarketing.com. You can take a look at some of the work that they've done. And uh, I don't think you're going to be disappointed. So
1: no, they do I good think, work.
0: Yeah, they do really, really good work. Let's bring, uh, let's bring Amber in here and let's talk about the Zebra Run. Amber, how are you doing today?
2: Hey, I'm good. How are you guys?
0: We're doing great. Uh, so tell us. Uh, I mentioned it already here. We have the fourth annual Zebra Run. I'm going to flash this graphic real quick right out of the gate so people can see it. Uh, the fourth annual Zebra Run for rare diseases. It's going to be April 17th this year, 2021. It's a 5K and one mile fun run uh, to to bring awareness to rare diseases. So can you kind of kind of elaborate on that for us?
2: Sure. Um, so I live in Ocean Springs and I have um, three kids and my youngest one is now seven and five years ago she was diagnosed with a very rare condition called <clears throat> multiple sulfatase deficiency. So I didn't know anything about rare diseases or, or the rare disease world at all before this. And um, her disease is genetic um, and my husband and I are both carriers of this bad gene. or other girls are fine that when Willow was born, we didn't know anything was wrong. Until she was about two, she started having a little bit of balance issues. She was walking and running, but kind of bal- had trouble balancing and she's never talked. So she had um, some cognitive developmental delays is what they All call right. it. So mm-hmm. we went to the pediatrician and they um, diagnosed her Actually, we were referred out to a neurologist, kind of went down the road to diagnosis. And within a couple months, um, we had this very rare, ultra-rare condition. And the doctor said, you know, it's, it's terrible. It is um, fatal. Most children don't live until past the age of 10. And her body is basically going to decline, kind of like Alzheimer's or ALS, um, only in a two-year-old. Hmm. so it's pretty tough news, you know, kind of the thing that the worst possible news that you could have, and so when my husband and I, you know, were told that, we went up to Jackson and talked to a doctor um, uh, children's at uh, Children's Hospital in Jackson, Dr. Brian Kermsey and he had actually seen the disease before, and so on the drive up there, you know, it's like a three-hour drive, and we're like, okay, we're going to the Children's Hospital. This is terrible news, but, like, they're going to tell us to go to St. Jude or like we go somewhere, there's some kind of experimental treatment somewhere or we do something. And we got up there and he said, I'm sorry. he said, the disease is very rare. And so there is no treatment. Um, And that kind of dived into the world of, is it science or is it business? You know? And so for the next year, we flew to Europe, we met with scientists who had um, discovered knew a lot about her disease because in these genetic diseases, um, they, their hers is a single gene disorder. So it's one bad gene in every cell in her body, and they know what the gene is. So they know what the cause is. It's eighty per- percent of the problem is finding to figure out the cause. So I don't know if you're familiar with Sophia, who had DIPG. She passed mm-hmm. away. Yeah. they can't figure out what the genes are for that. You know, they haven't figured out the cause of that. And so when you don't know the cause, it's hard to figure out a treatment. So, with our disease, they know the cause, and so they just, and they know how to treat it. They can do this thing called gene therapy where they correct the gene in every cell in the body. They do it now with sickle cell, with uh, spinal muscular atrophy. They're bringing a bunch of diseases on board, but they will never bring an ultra rare disease on board because there's no money to be made by pharmaceutical companies. So I kind of, you know, learned about how this business works. And I'm a business person. I own a staffing company. I understand about profit and loss. And so if you can't have a business model that says, you know, this is how you make money off of this, no pharmaceutical company is going to invest in it. So we basically as a community here in Ocean Springs and now across the world have joined together to be the pharmaceutical company to push this clinical trial forward. Um, So having said all of that, so as I entered into this world of rare disease, I realized, you know, there's rare disease kids all over the place. We have some in Ocean Springs across the coast, and nobody knows about them. You know, I'm kind of loud and noisy, and, you know, I'm going to sit here and, you know, talk about my kid all day long and post her pictures on Facebook, but not everybody's like that. And so we want to have an a event where we bring awareness not just to Willow's disease, but all rare diseases. You know, these kids, all of their lives are important, and adults, too you know, we want to recognize that. So the funds that we, that we, um, uh, the money that we make from the, the walk and the run go to our foundation to help fund work for MSD and its related diseases, but the awareness that we're trying to build is for all rare diseases. Wow. That's,
0: what? that's, that's a, that's a lot to take in. So I, got, yeah. I, I got a I ton of
2: I talked yeah. a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joey, before you start into that, let's flash right. her picture real quick on the screen. Just so People can see this precious face here and know who we're talking about. Uh, You know, put it put a face to a name here. I mean, she is absolutely adorable. Um, And as a parent, let me let me pull this down here so we can see better. As a parent, uh, all of what I just heard you say is like the worst of news, followed by more bad news, by more bad news, and that's heartbreaking. Uh, Just you know, mentally to go there is like the amount of strength that you must have i mean that it's that's amazing to have to go through something like that and and be as vocal about it as you are and carry such confidence with it i, I love the way you spoke about it so joey yeah. uh, go ahead
1: Well, i, I was just going to say you, you you said you were you talk about your daughter all day and all i did was mention this disease to my wife that we were going to have you on the podcast and heather and my wife heather was like is that what that little girl Willow has? So you must be blasting it out over there. Yeah. You must be getting the message out. But my my number one question was what what is what I mean what classifies a a ultra rare rare disease? What is what what is that?
2: Yeah, so two hundred thousand patients or less is a rare disease. That's technically what a rare disease is. Um, the ultra rare are in like the they don't really have a number for it, but it's in like the. The few thousand or less, Um, and Willow's disease. I mean, we're talking about we know of about a hundred kids worldwide. Now that's not a great number. There's probably about a thousand because you know it's not easy to diagnose, and there's issues with that. Um, But you know, a few thousand maybe, but it's still not a huge amount. And so when you think about um, diseases that you know have tens of thousands kids, you know they they're just there's more profit.
1: You know. Right. And that's pretty yeah. much what pharmaceuticals run off of is is money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're a
2: business just yeah. like yeah. everything else. You hate else. To say it,
1: but I guess the more sick people, they can sell medicine and, and vaccines and cures or whatever you're selling to them. The, I mean, the more they get behind it, you know, when you're only selling to 100 people compared to 100, 200, 300,000 people, it's a little different.
2: Right. You want the, you know, the liver diseases and the diabetes and the kind of thing that affects, you know, millions, you know, there, you know, at the 10,000 level, there's enough money in there, but at the thousand hundred level, it's just, it's not. So what we figured out to do is like, we fund, you know, the, and I could get a lot into the science, but we funded a mouse study. We're funding a natural history study. We're doing biomarker development. We actually have a biobank um, you know, we're doing all the work that a pharmaceutical company would do to de-risk it. So at some point, a pharmaceutical company will probably take it up because we've it's like we've packaged it all up with a bow and de-risked everything. So and paid for everything. Um, but that's all we know to do. You know, it's it's like we're we're basically, you know, doing it ourselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's tough to talk about. You know, people in, in a numbers and dollars and cents and to hear you say it as the mother, it, you know, f- explains to me that you understand that side of it. Right. And that's tough. I'm sure as a mom to, to, have to talk about it that way. I want I want to say that for people that are listening and thinking, like, you know, understand that she's the mom, like she understands this. Uh, that doesn't escape her. The the how that may sound talking about numbers and dollars and, and how to market a a drug or a treatment. So from the research that you've done. Uh, and I love to hear you are saying like you're you're being the pharmaceutical company. You're doing the work. Is there a is there a dollar amount that that says if we get here, the chances are really good to 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 even get started or to make a breakthrough? Um, and then also. Is there federal grants available for anything like this to help fund something like this?
2: Right, those are good questions. So, the figure we're looking at right now is like five million dollars, and you know, there's a breakdown of that. You know, it's million and a half to go to clinical trial, a couple million to manufacture the virus vector. You know, we have to do a toxicity study in a larger animal. There's there's pieces that we can do before them, but you know, to get it's it's five million to get a treatment into kids at, at the clinical trial level. Um, and that's not like some pharmaceutical company because I'd say that and people are like, oh, the pharmaceutical companies are making a gazillion dollars. No, that's not even involving a pharmaceutical company. That's paying money to like UT Southwestern or to a contract manufacturer to manufacture the virus vector. You know, there's there's not a lot of upcharge in it. You know, it's it's just raw materials and costs. It's kind of like making a COVID vaccine. You know, it mm-hmm. it costs a lot to make the vaccine. It's just spread over a lot of um, numbers. So, and then your second question about NIH grants, so there there is public funding, that's what the National Institute of Health is there for, is to fund research. The, there's a couple of problems with that, um, and we are going to be pursuing some this year. We've tried before, and they're very competitive grants, and so there's usually at least 30 other people vying for the same pocket of money, and they say that they don't discriminate against Ten kids versus a thousand kids. But if you're that grant reviewer, I think it is hard to like spend this money over here when you can spend this money over here and get the more bang for your buck. Yeah. It's,
1: um
2: it's so there it yeah, so there is that. So and the then
1: hit you
0: again then you know, yeah, unfortunately the numbers. I mean, I
2: won't say that, but I'm I'm sure there's you can't help but think that in your head. And then the other thing is um you have to have proven data, so you can't just go to the NIH, and this is I've talked to our legislators about this, they're like, you just go to the NIH and they give you funding and I'm like, you have to have some data to write a grant for, you have to have somebody to write a grant, like I can't write a grant, the institution, the university would have to write the grant, the hospital, where you have the scientist and the clinician so they have to agree to write the grant, which means they have to have the time and they're willing to take this on and then they have to have data that somebody had to pay for which is us, you know, and then they can turn that data around and put that into their grant because you can't just write a grant without data. So it's just, you know, understanding the industry and the way it is there, you know, we'll, we try every time, you know, we'll try to get public funding as much as we can. um, But it's a long shot and it delays everything too. You know, these kids are, or their cells are dying every day. You know, they, you know, you, if you, I don't know if you've ever known somebody with Parkinson's or Alzheimer's or ALS, you know, every day people get a little darker, and that's the lights are going out, and so these kids have no time to wait for federal funding. So,
1: yeah, you know, I it's know. just a—it's kind of like hurry up and hurry up yeah. and wait. It's quite kind of your situation right now, right? You, you right, hurry up and wait and hope. Well, hope I mean, happens. we're
2: fundraising, and then we fund the next thing, and then we fund yeah. like this year we're going to fund a natural history study, which has to be done, and so well, that's three hundred thousand dollars. So we'll fund that, you know, and then we'll just fund the next thing and fund the next thing until we get there
0: um i don't know if you could see i flashed a comment on the screen here uh stephanie moran said that she just came across y'all and she thanks you for what you're doing uh she found out that her son has a rare chromosome disorder uh she found out last year it's called looks like t-h-o-c-2 um and she said this is awesome that y'all are talking about this so that leads so kind good. of me, yeah to my next question is what has been the response to other mothers like you mentioned some of them may not be as bold or courageous is maybe what you are. Um, What's been their response to knowing that you're out here being a voice for them and trying to create a community that they can be a part of?
2: Well, and I I think it's positive. It's very positive. Everybody, you know, we, we need attention brought to this. I will say, I don't know that I'm any stronger or bolder than any other parent out there. When you have a child that has these fragile medical conditions, that's that's your life is just trying to keep your child alive. Yeah, and true. all of the advocacy you have to do just for your child alone takes up more than time that we have. So what I had is I had a business, and I had network, a network we live in an amazing community and we had, a, I had a lot of support from our ocean Springs Rotary club from, I had a business network in new Orleans. I was just well networked. And so when this happened, you know, I was like, Oh, there's a problem, but I have a solution and it's money. And everybody's like, yeah, let's do this. And so everybody came on board supported. Not everybody has that. And that's, what's very unfair about all of this. But so I will say that, you know, I'm happy to be the, the, the voice for everybody. And I, and I'd love to hear, you know, we try to tell stories as much as we can amongst our other families. And then I love to hear other family stories because every one of them just to get a diagnosis is takes so much courage and push. So um, yeah. So, and we have like, we have a little girl that comes out that has um, elders down syndrome. I never say it right. Um, and she's in a wheelchair, and she comes out to the run, and like she painted a zebra this year for our zebra run. And um, you know, I told her I was like, you know, it's sometimes, and, and cancer sucks, and I don't want to take anything away from cancer, but everybody kind of knows what cancer is. When I tell you MSD or Elder's Downo Syndrome or the chromosomal problem, you know, you're all like, what? You know, it doesn't. Oh. You can't identify it. But we had to look it up. We really yeah. had to
1: look it up before we started.
2: Yeah, there's, and that you probably saw our website, which we created. Here, um, You know, it's, it's all done by families and it's just, you know, it's, it's tough, but if we bind together, we can build awareness together.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Now this yeah. this run, this, this run that you're putting on the zebra run, what year is it? What, how many, how many years has it been going on?
2: I think it's the fourth year. Y'all said the fourth year. I think that sign said the fourth yeah, year. It's it. been a little-
0: I, I'm going strictly <laughs> off the banner. So I'll, I'll, even <laughs> flash. I'll let's flash it up again here uh, yeah. just to, to, to go uh, let people see it. That's nope. why. I hope it's
2: here. the fourth year. I hope that's right. Yeah, it's been okay. a long, it's been a long few years and a long week. It's the, the
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, you got a celebrity host in here, right on the on the yes.
2: Phone? So our friend Brian O'Halloran, who was one of the main characters in the movie Clerks, a Kevin Smith movie from the '90s, it's a black and white kind of cult classic. Um, he um, he's the one that keeps. He was at a at a um, Convenience store, and he kept saying, "I'm not even supposed to be here today." That was like his famous line. Anyway, yeah. he's um, he's come down to the coast a number of times. He's friends with Jeremy London, which is how we met him, and um, he has he was on our board for a little bit. He's been a big supporter, and um, we asked him to come down and MC for the run, and so he's coming down to do that.
1: Well, that's great. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And this run is in uh, Ocean Springs, right?
2: Yes, it is in Ocean Springs. It's right on Front Beach. We start at Fort Maripol. And then you run to the bridge and then go halfway up the bridge and then come back down. So you don't have to run. I don't care if you finish it. I don't care what, you know, you can come just visit with us. That's what a lot of people do. We stand there and chat and talk and, um, you know, but it's, it's for a good cause.
0: Okay. Let's see here. We got another. He's
1: asking for the info for the run. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah, and we um, have a
2: Facebook page Cure MSD, C U R E M S D. Mary, Sam, David, um, that would we would you know you can follow us on there and kind of see what's going on. And we have the event on there. Um, we have a virtual event, so I didn't mention that. So we do have a virtual event if you're in another state. Um, and we're tr- I don't know if you saw it on there. We're trying to get yeah. all fifty states. We're currently yeah, missing, at like.
1: like- like New Mexico and some northern states. So if if yeah, anybody like, here has any yeah. family there, sh- definitely shout that out and get them on board.
2: Yeah, I think it's yeah. New Mexico is the odd one out over there. I know, know a single person in New Mexico, but like um yeah, all, New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine, like all those Rhode Island. You got Island. the first
1: one, Jared. It's got I think it's got the states that are blued out and the white out, are the ones that are the ones they still need people. I think it, I think Georgia's in there too.
2: I think Georgia is too when, you know, it's surprising because we know a lot of people there just nobody signed up yet.
1: Yeah. So if you, we're going to try to get this, uh, on, I know it's on their page for sure. And it's uh, all the, all the blue States are the ones that they have people for and all the white States are the ones that they still need people for. It's mainly up North. Yeah, there it is right there.
2: Yeah. And the hearts are where our families are. So our MS, our MSD families are in those States. So we have, Um, Except for Georgia, we've got pretty good um, coverage in our family states.
1: Yeah. Um, If you're listening right now or or paying attention to this, if you know any family or anybody that's in these areas that are in white, reach out to them, give them a call, share this link with them, and um, tell them to get on the virtual race. Now, what is the virtual race map? You just log in and you do the race? Yeah, you just
2: log in, do your race. Um, You get, uh, we'll mail you an. uh, uh, an, metal whatever participation metal and you can print a bib off and um I, if we haven't run out of shirts we'll mail you a shirt um the I zebra
0: ac- d- I'm, I'm
1: sorry i'm sorry go ahead
2: i was just gonna say did you want me to explain what the zebra is why yes. zebra yeah. that was yes. my
1: next question why is it the zebra run
2: Right. Um, So when you go to medical school, they teach doctors, up and coming doctors to look for horses, not zebras. So they basically like if you come in and, and you have symptoms, they want you to look at the most common thing. Like we think it's this common form of cancer. We think it's cerebral palsy. We think it's, you know, a common thing. Like they tell doctors not to go down a rabbit hole of some rare disease, one off disease. Because you could end up, you know, trying to find it, um, it previously in years past. It spent a lot of time trying to find a diagnosis. But what we're saying is now, with the genetic testing that's available, look for the zebras. Because if you can get a diagnosis, especially with all these cures coming about and treatments. The treatment's not going to do any good if you aren't identified early. Most of the treatments don't fix anything. They just stop the progression. So, you know, like with our gene therapy, we need to be treating babies when they're born. And so, you know, we need early diagnosis. And so we're saying, you know, pay attention to the zebras. So zebra is the symbol for rare disease. Um, So that's why we use the zebra
0: run.
1: Jared's a lot smarter than me. He went through med school, so he probably knows some of that.
0: Uh, anesthesia school. Yeah. Through, yeah. But yeah, that, that is a common theme. Um, my, my question is with the zebra run, what do, how do you, um, if you participate, are people taking pledges to, to, to make money like so much per how long they run? I know some runs work that way, or is it just donations only? Like how is the structure of the financial part of it?
2: You just, um, sign up so you can do a no swag option for $15. Now this is the virtual side. So the in-person run is $30. $30 Um, thirty dollars and you think you'd become the day uh, i don't know if you can sign i think you still sign up now and then sign up the, or sign up the day out is thirty dollars the virtual run you can do a no swag option for 15 or swag for 30. so um yeah the, we, we 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 might try to do teams next year we just we haven't we weren't able to we, we just launched our virtual run this year so that's kind of a new thing for us. But what I'd really like to do is do big runs in the cities where we have families. Like we have some family in California. We have a family in um, um, Ohio that wants to do a run. I'd love to get big runs going in other cities. That'll probably be, we'll work on that next year. Yeah.
0: That would be cool. Yeah. Um, and so if people want to just make a donation, I'm assuming you'll take that as well. Right? We will take
2: would- any form of money. We will take you know, Bitcoin or stocks or cars or whatever people want to give to us. Um, Yes, you can go to curemsd.org and you can make a donation. If you, you know, want to set up a a Facebook fundraiser, we're on there. Those are super easy and Facebook doesn't take any fees out and the money comes right to us. Um, You just go on Facebook, do a fundraiser and pick curemsd and then you can contribute to that. Um, we love it when people do birthday fundraisers for us. Um, you know, I usually try to tag people when it's their birthday if I can get around to it. But um, that's super easy too. You do it the same way, um, and we can raise quite a bit of money just off of Facebook. And we tell people are like, you know, and people aren't going anywhere. It's like instead of buying me a beer, you know, put seven dollars on my Facebook fundraiser and help cure these kids.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's great. So cure cure uh, MSD org is the best place to go to for, for, for donations, electronic yes. donations as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good deal. So yeah. people that are listening, I'm gonna say it again, curemsd.org. So go check it out for sure. Um, the only other question that I kind of had sticking in my mind was, is that, you know, we mentioned that it's going to take money to get all these clinical trials done and get through the process of getting working towards this gene therapy drug, right? Has anyone told you what the, what that would look like once that, I mean, obviously you have to go through the testing, right? But what's the, is there any type of prognosis out there if you make it through this as far as the the barriers, uh, f- the financial barriers that are ahead of you?
2: Yeah. So, you know, there's I mean, there's a big one. Once you get to clinical trial, you know, we could we could sit in clinical trial for a while and just pay for each dose. You know, of each child that comes along and just raise the money to pay for each dose, we could try to go commercial. Um, if if we have a pharmaceutical company, that's what you know. Of course, they would want to do, and we would hope they would pay for that. Mm-hmm. Um, if we don't have a partner, it's going to be hard to go because that's in the multi millions. You know, yeah. that's the that's the big money is to try to get FDA final FDA approval. It's great because once you do it, then insurance will pay for it. You can put it out there and the open, and insurance will pay for it. But um if their gene therapy's, you know, pretty new. I mean, it's not new, it's not a new treatment, it's been around since the nineties, but as far as getting commercial, I mean they first did the first commercial approval, what, like in 17? So they're trying to figure out a business model. I will tell you something that's kind of fascinating. So along this way, one of the things that came up is like, well, why don't I start a pharmaceutical company? You know, I know how to run a business. We need a pharmaceutical company. Why don't I try to get private investors? and and do a pharmaceutical company. So I went to, somebody hooked me up with the Tulane School of Business, and I talked to the MBA students, and they were all helping me kind of analyze this. And they got me on with a, a venture capital connector. So this was like a guy who had investors. And so I pitched the whole thing to him, you know, I was like, you know, it's this rare disease, but we've done it in the mouse. You know, it works really well in the mouse. The mice don't die. They live, you know, they live like a normal life. You know, we could cure kids. Um, you know, it's this beautiful thing. And then I said, and he's like, Oh man, this is amazing. This sounds amazing. And then I said, it's a one, it's a one-time treatment. So the kids get injected one time. And he stopped right there. And he's like, Nope. He's like, I'm not interested we my investors aren't interested in a one time treatment because it's wow. not perpetual revenue.
1: Yeah. That's <laughs> really terrible to hear. It's more like yeah. kind of like the the sicker you are and the more we can drag yeah. it around. Yeah. The I more they're like, interested in,
0: you know, Chris Rock had a, a bit about that, uh, about, you know, pharmaceutical companies not curing anything anymore. Yeah, um, that's an old one, but it's, man, that like stings even more to hear your, that's a personal account of it actually being true, not just. A, well,
2: and know, think about comment. it from your pocketbook standpoint, think about if you were an investor and you're like, okay, so I can get, I can invest in a gym that I get every month. Somebody's paying the 10 bucks a month, or I get somebody who pays a thousand dollars once. It's like, I want that person to keep paying. And so from a revenue standpoint, it just makes sense. But from a, like realistic, like let's cure kids and like do the right thing, you know, I mean like a one-time treatment because there are some treatments that, that are, that they've developed for similar diseases. So like, if you're a kind of a science, if you're a medical guy, you might understand this, but she's basically missing her enzymes are low that are supposed to process trash in her cells. And so there's other diseases that are very similar, like Crab A and, and other ones, um, metachromatic leukodystrophy, that have one enzyme deficiency. And so the thought is, for those diseases, you could, couldn't you just give them the enzyme? Versus, right. we're talking about fixing the problem, but couldn't you just give them the enzyme? So the, they have these enzyme replacement therapies. That's what they're called, ERTs but they're infusions. And so they get them every week. And so they go to the doctor every week and they have to get infusion or somebody comes to their house. Well, those cost half a million dollars a year. Hmm. And so it's like, yeah, that's cheaper than the 5 million, which, you know, we would treat probably six kids with that, but it's one time 5 million versus half a million a year, you know? So right. it's just, a, you got to think about it and we just have to create a model that's gonna of somehow, whether it's publicly funded, because ultimately what's happening with these kids is you and we're all paying for this. So like Willow's care, my husband's military, retired military. So he has TRICARE and then she has Medicaid. So as taxpayers, you're paying for her care. So it's probably going to cost $2 million before she dies, you know, because her chair that she sits in costs like 15 grand. She gets nurses She gets medical supplies. She goes to the hospital for three weeks at a time. You're paying for her care as she dies. So from a financial standpoint, it would be better to cure these kids because we could cure them for half a million apiece than it would be to pay the two million. So as a society, we need to fix this because we're spending trillions of dollars on these, these kids while they die, just doing palliative care when we could cure them and they could have lives. They
1: could live. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That, that is. And that's those are those are the large conversations that I would hope that some of our uh, elected officials are having. But you never yeah. really know. Right. You know, yeah, when scenes, I, discussions like that.
2: I went to one of our very kind of politicians and I was like, because I said, you know, the NIH does have funding. And he's like, what's the NIH?
0: Oh no! I was like oh, oh no! I hope he wasn't on. healthcare <laughs> <laughs> I hope he wasn't on health <laughs> <healthcare laughs> <healthcare laughs> committee. he yeah. committees at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk. I, I uh, want to
1: ask another question, and I don't, I don't I hope this doesn't offend anybody or hurt anybody's feelings, but it seems like, and I don't want to, it seems like this is happening a lot in in the Ocean Springs area. These rare diseases. Is there anything to that, or am I just seeing this more because? Yeah, I,
2: Yeah. So I, my, this is my opinion. So there's no more prevalent. I mean, we only have one child with MSD in the state of Mississippi. Uh, It does happen to be in ocean Springs, but, um, I think there's two things, a couple things that you're seeing. One, if there is a genetic component to diseases, then there could be pockets of genes, people related you know, where there could be more of a prevalence, but they did that study on Diva IPG. Yeah. Um, there was a, like a hotbed in South Carolina that had like 24 kids within a subdivision. I mean, and they couldn't find any, you know, environmental, you know, link to it. It's probably a combination of genetic and environmental. It may be something with turning genes on or something with some kind of environmental thing, but, um, for us that there's no you know, it just happens to be coincidence. And I also think it's also who gets diagnosed. So Angel Myers is very, very well known and vocal, just like me. Mm-hmm. So you know you, you, you hear about these um, diseases. but like there's a teacher at Oak Park where she's retired now. Her daughter died from a similar disease that Willow has um, 25 years ago. Nobody knew that. Nobody, right. no, no, even her coworkers didn't know it. And so when Willow was diagnosed, she came up to me and she was like, you know, my daughter, her baby daughter had died from this a rare disease when she was three. And she'd never spoke about it. I mean, people just don't, a lot Social of people media. don't talk about it.
0: Yeah. Social yeah. media changes that nowadays too. So yeah, it does.
2: It. And we're all trying to do GoFundMes and trying to cure our kids and yeah, things have kind of blown up that way, but it's always been there. We just, you know, you just didn't know. I mean, our, our Board of President had a daughter that was my age, so like she was born in seventy six I think so she's a year younger than me, so she was diagnosed with m s d way back when
0: yeah yeah well that that's tough i We really appreciate you coming on here today and talking yeah. about it and all the work that you're doing. i'm gonna put this back on the screen again for people that are watching and read it out loud for the people that are listening. It's the fourth annual zebra run. For Rare Disease Awareness, uh, it's going to be April 17th, 2021. Uh, it's a 5K and one mile fun run. Uh, if you can't make it out, they have a virtual component. And if you'd like to make a donation in addition to making the run or not making the run, go to curemsd.org and um, and help them out. It's a great cause for a very, um, you know, just tr- tragic situation. Uh, that these, these families are trying to uh, get awareness out about.
2: But there's hope, there's hope on the horizon and we're going to, you know, I'm not giving up. There's going to be a clinical trial and we'd love to have people be a part of that. I mean, people are excited, I think, to be involved and be part of something, even though it's small and just a few kids, it's like you're going to make a huge impact by being, you know, with us. Um, If you go to the page, it'll sign, you can sign up for our newsletter. That'll keep you in touch. Um, Go to our Facebook page and follow us there and, you know, we'd, we'd love to have people who want to volunteer or donate or connect us with people. And we'll need Zebra Run sponsors next year. You know, if you have any ideas for companies that want to sponsor. So lots of opportunity to help.
1: For yeah. sure. And sure. Thanks, for, thanks for being on our show. We thank you a yeah. lot for bringing it yeah. yeah. up. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Nice thank so you can. so much.
1: Thanks right, for
2: figuring that. out a time. I'm glad we connected before the run. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, we were juggling a little bit for sure. Yeah.
0: Yep. All right. Well, you have a great evening and we, uh, we wish you the best on the run as well.
2: Yep. Okay. It's All right. Great.
0: great. And I
2: just leave studio, right?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can get right. right here as well. All right. Okay, thanks.
2: thanks. bye See
0: y'all later. Well, yeah, that was, uh. that's, man, please go check it out. People that are, yeah. that are still there and uh, support a great cause. And uh, we want to thank y'all for tuning in and listening and uh, Joey and I will see you on the next
1: one. Yep. I'll take it easy.
0: Thanks so much for checking out the episode. Hope you dug it. If you're enjoying the show, make sure you're following us on all the social platforms. That's at brownwaterb, all one word. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, you name it. We're there. Be sure to check us out. And uh, if you're really enjoying the show and you want to be a supporter, man, jump over to brownwaterbanter.com. We have all kinds of merch for sale. We have our uh, leather patch uh, Richardson 112 snapback hats. We've got t-shirts, dry fit hoodies, dry fit, short sleeve, dry fit, long sleeves, uh, cotton t-shirts. So whatever you were looking for, we got you covered there. Once again, thanks so much for checking us out and uh, we'll see you on the next one.